0: Good morning! It is March 3rd, and today we're going to be diving into Proverbs chapter 3. I am your host, Pastor Sam, and I'm glad that you joined me today with Shouts of Grace. Remember, Zerubbabel, he needed a shout of grace in order to finish the project that God had given him. And of course, you are also going to need a shout of grace to finish what God has called you to do. And I hope you've been enjoying this as much as I have so far. And we are in for a good one today, so let's go ahead and jump right in to Proverbs chapter 3. It says this, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh, and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord. With your possessions, and with the first fruits of all of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Just as a father, the son in whom he delights, happy is the man who finds wisdom, and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver, and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, and her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are the ways of pleasantness, and her paths are peace. She is the tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all those who retain her. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up, and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. When you walk, then you will walk safely in the way, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back, and tomorrow I will give it, when you have it with you. Do not devise evil against your neighbor, for he dwells by you for safety's sake. Do not strive with a man without cause, if he has done you no harm. Do not envy the oppressor, and choose none of his ways, for the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord." but his secret counsel is with the upright. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just. Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of fools." Man, that is one really good chapter of Scripture. In fact, we could probably spend all day talking about all of these verses because, I mean, it is just absolutely tremendous. But I've I've picked three different sets of verses to really go and to focus in on here this morning. The first one is perhaps the, the, the most well-known passage in this chapter, and that is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where it says this, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. The first thing that I want us to see here this morning is that we need to trust in the Lord. You need to trust in the Lord. And I know that seems like it's a, well, duh moment for Christians. Of course we need to trust in the Lord. We often talk about trusting in the Lord, but the question is is, do we really, do you really trust? in the Lord? Do you really trust God with everything in your life? Do you really go and say to God, God, I give you my all, do with it as you wish? Or do we kind of just secretly hold back, grab those things and say, you know, Lord, I will give this to you if you do things the way that I want you to do them. If things work out in the way that I want them to work out, well, if that is your mindset, then you are not trusting God and now, to really understand this, we need to realize that our heart here it's talking about our inner being, who you really are, who you are to the fullest. that is what it's talking about, and of course, in your inner being in your 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 inner person, in your life, you have different areas of your life. You might have your your, your family life. You might have your alone life. You might have your work life. You might have your exercise life. You might have this compartment and that compartment or this room in your heart and that room in your heart and all of these different rooms in your heart. But in order to trust God in the way that Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, it is with all of your heart. Every nook and cranny of your life, you need to be giving to God and trusting him completely, saying, Lord, do with it what you will with my life. I trust that your plan is best for me. Now, of course, this requires not leaning on your own understanding. You must come to the point where you realize that God knows best and you need to trust him with your inner man. And when I say realize this, I'm not talking about a a mental assent or just a head knowledge here of understanding that, because we could go and pull out the most nominal Christian and they would say, well, of course I'm supposed to trust God with all of my heart. Of course I'm supposed to do these things. Everybody who's a Christian understands these principles mentally. But the question is, is do you understand this with your heart? Have you agreed with this with your heart? Are you truly saying with your inner person, with your inner being, who you truly are, with every fiber of who you are, I trust God. And of course, if you're trusting God, that means when he calls you to do something that doesn't make sense, instead of leaning away from that, you lean into that and you lean on God. Now, when you're doing this, when you're truly trusting God, what naturally flows from this is an acknowledging of God in your life. You go and you say, wow, look at God. Look at what he did here. Look at what he did there. Look at how he has been there all the way, even when I didn't understand. Look at what God did in my life and look at what he did for me. And he can do it in your life as well. See, where you trust him, you will acknowledge him and his working in your life. If you find yourself not acknowledging God, if you find yourself just forgetting, oh yeah, I forgot that God might've been working here. Wow, yeah, I guess God did work that out. The problem is, is that that means that you were leaning on your own understanding and you weren't acknowledging God because quite frankly, you were too full of yourself. But we need to see How God is working in our life. And you know, there are some times when we realize, when we're not leaning on our own understanding, we realize that it is not just God that we see, but it is only God that we see in our life. Just to give a quick example of this, I think of the story of my son Thomas. Now, Thomas, how he came to be with my wife and I and, and, and under our care, how we came to adopt him, it's just a story where, where the only thing you can see is the hand of God. See, it started off, we started off with a, a, a young foster child, and we'll call him D. This young foster child, his name uh, D we loved him, and we had him for uh, two months. And in that two months, he just loved and loved and loved to hear us read the Bible to him. And as we were reading the Bible to him, he woke up one morning, and he says to, to Sarah, he says, "'Miss Sarah, you have a Bible, and Mr. Sam has a Bible, but where is my Bible?' And so we decided we would take this young boy to go and to get a Bible." And I went to go take him, and Sarah was going to go meet us afterwards uh, at a restaurant. She was, was out at work. Well, she is really good at directions, and she ended up missing her turn and ended up right at the Bible bookstore at the same time that I was there. Now, there was this young couple while we were there that, that I saw, and I kind of waved at, and Sarah saw them when she came in, and she's normally the quiet one. And she goes up, and she starts talking to this young couple. Well, so it turns out, we didn't know this at the time, that they, well, she was the daycare worker for Thomas. And we ended up making friends with this young couple at the, 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 the Bible uh, store. And as we ended up making friends with them... One day they called us over and they said, we want you to come over for dinner. And they told us there's this young child that, that that they just know that God wants us to adopt. And his his name wasn't Thomas at the time, but it was Thomas. And they said, look, we've been fasting and we've been praying for this. In fact, this meal is where we're breaking our fast. We've been fasting for several days. And, and, and we just know this is who God has for you. He wants you to adopt this young child. And of course, me, oh, oh me, of little faith. I said, I said, well, that that's great and all. We would love to 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 do that. I mean, we're honored you're saying this. But but you know how this stuff works. Uh, it's the government ultimately who makes this decision. And they said, no, 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 no. It's God who makes this decision. They said, we want you to meet uh, the current foster families and they're Christians as well. And so we went. We met that foster family, and as we met this foster family, they said, yeah, you're you're the couple that that God wants to adopt this child. And I you know came back to that oh me of little faith i was leaning on my own understanding i said no 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 don't you i mean that's great we're we're flattered and everything but uh, uh but you know how this works i mean uh, the government has the the last call and they said no 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 it's god who has the last call and of course what ends up going and happening is that thomas ends up coming to our house and and being with us, but it was completely the hand of God because there was a worker, a social worker, who ended up going and breaking every single rule, basically, in order to make sure that Thomas ended up in our care, that he was supposed to go and go into a system where they're supposed to start everything else over and whatnot, but instead they said, no, he just needs to go to this family. He ended up coming to our family, went up and being able to adopt him in the least amount of time, that the state allows for almost to the day. It was, it, it was like two days off from that, just an incredible amount of God working in that. And we can see God working in that. We acknowledge it is God. It's not of ourselves. It wasn't of the government, surely. It was of God. And you need to trust God completely because he can work in incredible ways. The next passage I want us to see is verses 9 and 10. And it says this, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase, so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. You need to honor God. Honor the Lord. And of course, it gives us a specific way we're supposed to honor the Lord. It's with our possessions. So the question comes, does your pocketbook or your bank account, does it honor God? What is your, your your bank account? What does it honor? If we go and we look at the records, uh, now I'm not gonna go and look at your bank account records, but 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 if, if we did, if you if while you're looking at it, what does it show that you honor? See, one thing we need to clear up here is that a tithe isn't ten percent. Now it it does mean ten percent, but it's not just any ten percent. See, this verse really goes and points something out. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions, and then it says this, and with the first fruits. Of all of your increase. You see, a true tithe isn't just any 10%. It is the first 10% of what you have. That is what God has claimed, and that is what we need to honor God with. God doesn't want the leftovers of your life because leftovers aren't something that bring honor. Can you imagine going and having somebody who you're wanting to honor, somebody who's prestigious? I would say the president of the United States, but I, but I don't know if he holds that distinction at the moment. But, but, but think back to when a president did hold that distinction. He was coming to your house and you want to go and honor that person. Are you going to go and say, well, we looked through the refrigerator and we've got some some leftover spaghetti. That's what we got for you. Here's the good meal we've got. Now, I know my favorite meal is leftover cold spaghetti, but I certainly wouldn't go and honor somebody with leftover spaghetti because that's not what you do. You go, no, and you prepare a new meal, and you give them of the best portion. Well, that's what God wants from you. He wants of the first fruits, not just any 10%, but the first 10%. It brings more honor to God if you give of the first 10%, than if you were to even give him the last 30% of what you have. God, ultimately, he doesn't need your possessions, but rather he is doing something in your life when you learn to give and when you learn to honor him. You see, giving and honoring God leads to blessings. When you honor God, he ultimately will come back and honor you. God doesn't need your possessions He wants you to understand that in order to receive, you must give, and if we give the best of what we have to offer God and truly honor Him, He will honor us, and His gifts are always better than our gifts. So that's why it says this in verse 10, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. When you honor God, He comes around and He honors you. I got two more pa- or two more verses that I want us to see here this morning and that's a, verses 11 and 12 and it says this My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction, for whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as the father in the son in whom he delights. Simply put, when God corrects you, you need to receive it. Receive the correction of the Lord because God's correction it is out of love for you. You shouldn't be afraid if you, or excuse me, you should be afraid if you haven't been corrected by God in a while. Think about that. If you haven't been corrected by God in a while, if God's word hasn't come out and smacked you across the face, if the Lord hasn't come and said, look, there's something you need to change in your life, you should be worried. Because when you don't get corrected by God, it shows that he is not delighting in you. You're not the son in whom he delights. But when we are corrected by God, when he's going and saying, come back to this path, change this in your life, we know God cares and he is delighting in us. He's only going to continue to delight in us, of course, if we change or use that word, repent, turn away from our sin and move towards God. So today, will you be corrected by God? Will you receive the chastening of the Lord in order to do that? Of course, you must trust Him. You must trust Him and not lean on your own understanding. And when you are trusting in God and not leaning on your own understanding, ultimately, the natural response is to honor God and specifically to honor Him in the way He wants to be honored, and that's with the first fruit of your possessions. See, these principles today are all interconnected. So trust God, honor God, and receive correction from God. And if you do these three things, I promise you, because God promises it, and His promises are much better than mine, you will receive great blessings in your life. Thank you for listening today, and remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If you're trusting in faith, even now while you wait, lift up a victory shout. Though you may not yet see it, you can believe it. The work is already begun. Know that God's up to something.